In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's the post-game show, Browns versus Colts, and it's a really rare podcast. Myself and Jack are on the same mic. How are you, buddy? I'm really good. Uh, sorry for the late show, guys. I'll hold my hands up. After that game, there was only one thing I was doing, and that was going to sleep. Um, I did have a little snooze in the uh, late in the fourth quarter, so it was my turn to uh, have a little nap, and then, uh, yeah, we're recording tomorrow. Excellent. And first of all, Jack, I've got lots of people talking about the tw- uh, on Twitter about my ribs. I want you to be brutal and talk through the experience. Mate, put me under the bus, whatever, mate. But how did you find the ribs? So the, the actual ribs and the meat were amazing. Probably some of the, the nicest rib meat I've had. So uh, well done there. The one thing we just need to add is a little bit of barbecue sauce or some sauce or just, just give it that sort of kick. So the rub was lovely. The... Um, the actual meat was phenomenal. Um, yeah, we just need to add a, a little bit of sauce. Yeah, so basically, listeners, I didn't buy any barbecue sauce to go on the ribs. So um, anyway, we'll move on. I'll, I'm going to give the ribs a 6 out of 10. What about yourself? I'm going I'm to go with a 7 because uh, they were really good. And it's, it's, it's just that little bit of sauce. Yep, so a um, bit like the Browns, work in progress. I'm going to keep working on it, keep practicing, and hopefully... Uh, They'll get better and better. I actually thought the game last night was average. It had some good bits and bad bits. And uh, me and Jack decided, actually, before the show, we're going to have a new feature. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's start with the ugly straight away. Who was the ugliest person on the pitch last night? It was Austin Corbett. And uh, it wasn't even close. It was um, it was grim. It was really, really bad. Um He's on the roster now for another year, purely because he was picked 33rd overall. And he's literally got to either make it or he's probably going to get moved. Um, he could stay as sort of the 7th or 8th O-lineman, but uh, it, it is really grim now. So, Jack, he's, he's, a, um, he's in his second year, yeah? So that means he's got four years on his contract, right? So, um, he's cheap. He's relatively cheap. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So, um, why would we not keep him for four years? Well, because unfortunately we might be able to find players in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, free agents that are actually playing better than him. So, um, it's one of them that he might not get kept, not because he's cheap. And that's why I think he's got a shot of hanging around at the bottom of the roster but purely because they're going to find better players um, and it's just not worked out for him. I didn't like the pick at the time because it was sort of a, will he play this, will he play that? Um, He didn't stand out massively to me, but I could see where some people were coming from. Um, I didn't think it was a position of need. And yeah, it's it's not been good. There were some other names I really liked at the time, but we didn't do it. And so a bit. A bit like Peppers. When we we got Peppers... 
we didn't know exactly where he was going to play. Um, it feels like whenever we draft someone where we don't know who's going to play, it has never really worked out. I thought Peppers was absolutely brilliant. I really, really like the Peppers pick. I'm gutted he's not here. Um, I think he has potentially what I would like to see the future of the strong safety position. So having your sort of Demarius Randall's sort of a higher safety and then two safeties of the Peppers, Doe and James. Um, even probably you could throw your Eric Murray in there, potentially Whitehead of the sort of do everything. They can blitz, they can drop into coverage, they can go up and tackle the running back. Um, and that way you're left with a really diverse backfield that if you have two of those strong safeties either side of a safety, then you've got so many choices for what you can do. You can line up the same way every snap, but you can do completely different things. And then that forces the quarterback to take that extra sort of half a second to look. And that extra half a second can then be the difference between a Miles Garrett sack and a completion for 10 yards. Well, uh, thanks for that, Jack. It's good to have you back on the show with the in-depth knowledge. So um, I went with 21-20 Colts win. The Browns actually won 21-18. So not bad prediction there. I thought, yeah, like I said, an average performance. There was no um, turnovers, if I'm correct. Um, yeah, we got three interceptions, but I don't think we gave up the ball once, which was good to see. Um, there was one that got marked as a fumble for Gilbert, which really wasn't. It was just a bum snap from Corbett. Um, I thought the whole hype around the game died the minute we found out Baker wasn't playing. I don't know if it was the same for you, Paul, but it was like, a, oh, really? Um, because you wanted to see him go out and play. And then obviously the big shock was Garrett Gilbert starting as quarterback. Yeah, well, I think we're going to go on to the quarterback a bit later. Um, you know, is he our second quarterback? But we're, we'll go on to that a bit later. But yeah, there's no OBJ, no Landry, no Ward, no Garrett, if I'm correct, no Chubb, no Njuku. So yeah, a lot of our... Um, studded star uh, guys around. I saw a few of the Colts starters playing, so I, I think they played more starters than ourselves. Yeah, I think it was pretty similar. Um, in terms of stars, I don't think really anyone had any of their stars out there because um, Nelson's recovering from a slight knock. Um, Luck's still in rehab. Um, so no, it, it was one of them. Hopefully, we'll see at least a full quarter, hopefully a full half in the third preseason game and really get a taste of what the Browns are cooking. Well, yeah, let's start breaking down the offense and uh, defense. So, yeah, I thought the um, offense, strong, willies. I think they're on the roster, mate, after yesterday's performance. Uh, Higgins, yeah, they all played well. Any reason why, Jack, you don't think strong and willies doesn't make this roster? I think they probably both make the roster at the moment. The only one question is going to be special teams play, which I'll hold my hands up. I am not good at evaluating uh, special team play from um, the players other than obviously kicker punters quite relatively easier um, so you're potentially looking at them obviously they're going to start the season with three wide receivers and then Callaway will come back and move to four but let's just work on the basis that they're potentially the fifth and sixth wide receiver you're going to need special teams play so I think Willies and Strong have got a really really good shot um, but might they question one if they can't both play special teams and do it really well? I think that's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, Montgomery also had a great game uh, yesterday. He's going to be pushing. Maybe he makes the 
like you said, depending on the special teams, maybe he makes that uh, wide receiver uh, sixth place. Um, what else about the wide receiver room? Yeah, it was, it was good that Willie's made his uh, touchdown. A Hyman was uh, concussed at the end, so that'd be interesting to uh, watch. But I think looking at uh, tight end play, like the last game, very quiet. Harris got a few, um, got a few uh, uh, receives. But then when you look at the uh, running back, um, uh, Mr. Johnson, the Ernest, not Duke Johnson, but the Ernest Johnson, uh, 76 total yards and a touchdown. He had lots of snaps. I've got no concerns of him being our running back three with the view that if anything better comes along, but he did himself everything he possibly could yesterday to get on the roster. Yeah, I think he's pretty much a lock at the moment for running back three until Hunt comes back. But there's obviously that big question. I think there's a chance they might go out and sign someone, whether that's potentially Jay Ajayi, whether that's potentially um, just someone else who's a name and a body that can come in and be a battering ram. I think that's definitely there. But the one surprise for me probably was how long Richard Higgins played yesterday. Um, I don't know if they're just not confident they've got enough options or they wanted him out there to give Gilbert a proper safety cushion so he could throw at him. I'm not sure he caught all four targets, which was good to see. Um, but yeah, tight end. Um, Demetrius Harris didn't catch either of his. Rico Gathers caught two of two, but for nine yards. Um, they are really worried, I think, about their tight end room. But I think when Njoku's back and playing, he's going to be a beast. He's going to have probably near enough all the um, tight end snaps. And um, that's going to be great because the guy's a monster. He's a yak monster. And with OBJ and Higgins <clears throat> clearing out the middle of the field, he is going to be Baker's preferred target as the one that's actually going to not only get the ball, but also do a lot with it afterwards. And uh, yeah, you're also going to get Chubb, obviously, on the uh, routes out the backfield where he's going to get a bit of space. Yeah, if you listen to the pre-show, uh, Rob Grimwood said that the Colts have four or five big tight ends and maybe Dorsey's maybe looking to take any of them they cut. But it, it's a fair point. Our tight end room, when you look at it against other teams, obviously we've got a great starter when he catches the ball, but athletic. But the depth behind that is a concern for me, actually. Go. Yeah, I think Demetrius Harris is going to be really good um, as a backup. But yeah, we need another tight end. Um, I don't know if this year is going to be that year or someone's potentially going to come up. But um, I think that's something probably addressed next year. Um, not that high in the draft, but maybe sort of a third, fourth round pick. Um, or maybe there's just a free agent they pick up and um, can come in and do a job as well. Callback room. I thought both callbacks did really well. Uh, great tempo, tempo when needed to be. No major concerns. Biggest question, though, Dean Stanton didn't get any snaps last night, if I'm correct. Yeah, didn't play at all. Um, I haven't seen anything on that yet. Um, I don't know if you've managed to see anything. But, yeah, just looking at some numbers, Garrett Gilbert, 13 of 19 for 151 yards and two touchdowns. And David Blau, I think it is, 7 of 12 for 74 yards and one touchdown. No interceptions for either player. I think Garrett Gilbert might have made a stab at asking for, I'm going to be the starting, um, oh, sorry, not starting, the backup quarterback for this team. 
Um, I think they really wanted to give him a go and see. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if they uh, do promote him. But um, you're obviously going to see some interesting questions coming up over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, in the press conference afterwards, uh, Kitchen said uh, Drew Stanton is our backup quarterback. He adds a lot of uh, value as a backup quarterback. So, yeah, mate, I think yeah, I think that's it really, Jack, mate. It's, he, he knows what he can do. Obviously, um, Gibber is the flair player. Obviously, us as fans, we're going to touch wood. Nothing happens to Baker, but if Baker went down, we'd probably be one Gilbert on there, showing a bit more flash of flair. But, yeah, maybe Stanton's the safer option. Maybe there's less chance of turning overs, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it might just be the case of everyone knows what Drew Stanton is um, and the player he is, and he's been around the league for a long time. Maybe last night was the sort of challenge for Gilbert to go and out and prove that they shouldn't cut the roster to two quarterbacks. They should keep three. I'm always in favour of keeping three quarterbacks. You want your starter, you want your veteran, and then you want your young, promising player. And I think Gilbert is a young, promising player. And for me, that's why I would keep him. Um, and then maybe next year when Drew's contract runs out, you then go, actually, we're happy to keep Gilbert as our backup. We'll keep him there long term. Well, we're talking about quarterbacks. I thought uh, their quarterback, what was he called? Kelly. Chad Kelly. Yeah. Chad Kelly. I thought he looked re- really good uh, for the Colts. And a uh, bit of uh, news, um, Josh Mc, what's he called? Cal. Cal. Join the Eagles, mate. It's come out of retirement. So uh, it's all kicking off with the quarterbacks at the moment. Yeah, no, I think um, Chad Kelly um, is a good player in the fourth quarter. Um, he's shown some promise. Um, will he be someone that um, Dorsey takes interest in? Who knows? He's obviously got a checkered past, but um, that's obviously not something that ever impacts Dorsey's decisions. So you never know whether Chad Kelly might get picked up because at the moment he's fourth on the Colts um, QB roster. So will he be potentially a Brown? Um, If you are really happy with Gilbert by the end of it, do you try to pick him up and then put him in as your third and you move Stanton on? That might be an option that comes later down the line. I think after Freddie Kitchens, what he said in the press conference, I think he's sold on it. Maybe Dorsey gets a trade option on him and does something, but... uh, Gilbert could be interested for a trade, to be fair. Um, I think you keep holding him. I think Stan, uh, Kitchens has to say that. Kitchens can't respond to that question in any other way um, unless you're going to cut Stanton this week. So you've got to stand by your players in these press conferences. So I don't read too much into it. And if we move on from Stanton, then I'm not going to second guess that Freddie's just lying to us. If Freddie turns around in that interview and says anything other than Stanton is our backup, then you just mess around with the feeling in the dressing room and everything else. So I would say I'm happy. Leave it where it is. Um, keep saying the right things, Freddie, and that's good to see from a head coach. It's not something we had in the past, obviously. Um, so I, I, just because Freddie said that doesn't mean for me it's a 100% done deal. He has to say that because that's what a good, sensible head coach that doesn't want to disturb the dressing room should say. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, one of the funniest uh, Twitters we saw last night, uh, will the Bengals give us a second and a third for Gilbert? 
yeah, there was that. And uh, obviously, it was the worst commentating crew in uh, NFL history. But they did come out with one cracking line um, when discussing the ridiculous amount of penalties. They said there's more penalties in this game than at the United Nations. which More uh, flags. More flags. And um, it's uh, unbelievable just uh, how bad they were at the pair. Hopefully, someone has a word because it, it was just unwatchable at times. Felt like just muting the entire commentary. But uh, no, I was, um, there's some promise there. We do need to address the flags. There was too many flags. Um, third down conversion was down to 12%. So there is some bad stuff that needs fixing. But at the end of the day, it's a preseason game and lots of those players aren't going to be playing. You sort of look in, there's a battle between sort of, say, player number 45 to player 65 for who's going to make the roster. And the rest of them, if they're lucky, might scrape a practice squad spot here or somewhere else but they're just not going to make it. And that's part of the NFL. You've got a 90-man roster, but let's not pretend all 90 are even in with a shot. So uh, moving on to the defence. Myself and Jack have watched the game live. We then watched the 40 minutes afterwards, so we watched it twice. But I'm learning more and more. The more times you watch it, the more and more you see, the more and more you learn about the game, especially maybe if I watch it the third time, really focus on that O-line and um, really, yeah, really see how each person's doing so uh learning 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 one thing jack is when trying to watch the safeties i i struggle on that at the moment any tips or advice to look at when when watching yeah it's really hard with the camera angle the way the nfl sets up i cannot wait for them to move to all 22 as a base for the uh recordings and i think it will happen um over the next few years you'll stop with the uh sideline camera and move to all 22 all the time or even give it as an option for fans to watch that camera angle live. Because when you're in sort of sideline cam, you can't see much of anything. So wait till the season starts and then start watching the All-22. You're going to get a much better view after the game when you're re-watching it of sort of safety play and stuff like that. So I would say it's hard for pre-season. I tend to ignore it a lot because you can't always see it. But um, no. Keep it in mind when the season starts, flick onto all 22 and give it a watch. Yeah, well, let's talk about D, D or defense. I thought Avery had a great game. Uh, anything else on that D line that excited you? No, for me, he was the most promising. I'm so happy to see he's just in the D line rotation. He is not a linebacker, um, and that's fine. I don't want him to play linebacker. I want him to be in there and try to hit the quarterback, and that is what he's aiming to do. So, I'm really happy with his play this year. I think he's going to be a promising player. It doesn't matter that he's standing up or handing the dirt. For me, it makes no difference at all. Um, He's going out and he's causing trouble. And that's the only thing that matters. So good luck to him. I think it's quite hard to judge um, because after sort of the first quarter, you you didn't really have starters all the time. Even though they did have a lot of depth last year on the O-line, I think there was eight players ranked above average by PFF on the O-line for um, the Colts. So there's a lot of talent there. But um, I think the key thing is just to keep everyone fresh, keep them rotated. Um, and hopefully in the second half of next week, we'll get a real taste for what the D-line is capable of. Yeah, it was nice to see, um, uh, what's he called? Ray Watt making, uh, getting through. And uh, I don't know if he made a snap, but... Um, I remember him playing well. It was later on in the game. But um, 
linebackers, no uh, tacky tacky out there. Maybe that's a sign that he's going to be a bit of a superstar and uh, don't want to uh, risk him at the moment. Um, no uh, interceptions for Matt Wilson this week, <laughs> which is a uh, bit below before, bit below for him. Uh, yeah, anything else you saw majorly on the uh, the, the defense? So, um, I who knows in terms of rotation and playing minutes and all that is quite a weird one. There was um, a three-pass defense from Philip Gaines, Eric Murray, and Willie Harvey. So, uh, congrats to them guys. There was a tackle for the loss from my boy Philip Gaines. What an addition! Um, we were chatting last night, and I came out with the line: he's potentially the best fifth cornerback in the NFL. So, uh, killer stat for you guys there. <laughs> Is that true, though? There's, Jack, there's got to be a better quarterback number five out there. I'm waiting for someone to prove it. So, I'm all ears, guys. That is your challenge this week. We're going to give the fans a challenge. Find me a better fifth cornerback than Philip Gaines. Um, you could argue he's actually sixth cornerback. It depends what you consider Eric Murray to be because you've obviously got Ward, Greedy Williams, Money Mitchell, TJ Carey, and then Philip Gaines in there. But you could easily put either Whitehead or you could put in um, Murray and then lower it. So it's going to be interesting to note because there's going to be so much flexibility with the um, playing sort of a slot cornerback, a nickelback, um, however they decide to uh, play it. So it's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. But uh, I reckon my bold prediction is he is the fifth best fifth cornerback on a roster in the NFL. Prove me wrong. Yeah, looking through my notes, I thought Mitchell looked close to everything with good coverage last night. Uh, Hassel seemed to be uh, in and around a lot of things yesterday, so that'd be great to see. Maybe he makes the uh, roster. Just on that tackle, what a tackle. I know he got flagged and he shouldn't have done it for putting his helmet in there, but I loved it. Just smashed him up. At the end of the day, if the defender's not going to call a uh, fair catch, just destroy the lad. Was that Hassel, was it? Yeah. Yeah? Excellent. Friend of the show. Let's get him on and uh, ask him how he felt. And then um, yeah, the, the last person um, that I thought uh, had played well was Murray, your man. Uh, Eric Murray? Yeah. I thought he was solid. He did really well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who's going to end up being that starting uh, nickelbacker. Is it going to be Eric Murray? Is it going to be Jermaine Whitehead? Um, I think there's a real battle going on there. Um, Red Wine's just going to be kept as depth on the roster. Uh, there's a few people pointing out that he didn't have a great game, but he's just going to take time to develop, and that's fine. He is a rookie, um, so just stash him for a year, um, and then let's see what he can do next year. Yeah, interesting. Um, Whitehead also not out there last night. I thought that'd be a game for him, but maybe he's being rested too. A lot of these uh, uh, fringe first team players being rested yesterday. Yeah, this thought of thinking seems to have been we'll give them the full run out and the minutes in the joint practices um, and then we'll rest a lot during the actual game. I don't get the reasoning between the two, but um, by all means, if that's what the sort of teams have spoke about, there was probably sort of discussions between the Colts and the Browns to sort of come to a conclusion on what what sort of style you're going to go with. So um, that's one to uh, work out, just see how it happens. But uh, next week's going to be really good. I think we're going to see a solid half a game, um, hopefully, of the starters. And then you'll probably never see them again for the rest of the preseason. Maybe one drive week four. And last name on the defence, 
Uh, Willie Harvey getting a game-saving bat, so uh, he's doing himself no harm out there. But let's get on to the interesting stuff, the special team, the kickers, the punters. Jack, where should we start? Let's start with the punters. Uh, Scottish Hammer, apologies. I sent a tweet out last night. I didn't include you in the uh, players that are looking really good. Yeah, monster punt. I think it was 70-odd yards, nearly 80 yards. Yeah, looked really good, buddy. So that was really good. Colgate, obviously, um, came back with some uh, nice accuracy uh, punts as well. But the kicking game, they both missed their pressure kicks last night. Jack, what's your thoughts on that? So just touching on the uh, punters first, I am up for putting Colquitt on the trading block. Um, Sashi managed to get a fourth for a punter. I'm not going to set the bar that high. But if we can get a fifth or potentially a sixth, I'm willing to take that. I think I think he's a great punter. I'd, I'd argue that potentially he's probably the better punter as we stand today. But I think the Scottish Hammer's got so much potential that if we cut him, then he's gone. There's no guaranteed money on Colquitt's deal. Um, take the cheaper player. And I know we're just talking about saving, I think is somewhere in the region of one and a half million. Um, but that sort of saving, that small numbers there can be the benefit because if you save sort of one and a half million there, say one and a half million somewhere else, that's three million. Um, and then that's really, really starts adding up. And we are going to be at the stage soon where we're going to have to make decisions on, are we keeping Shober? Are we keeping Tretter? Are we keeping Higgins? And having an extra one and a half million this year and next year can be a massive difference between that decision. So for me, I don't think there's enough difference in class to justify that extra money. So I would make the move and I would make it and get the trade value. In terms of the kickers, we need to stop kicking extra points. That is just the number one thing. Stop doing it. I think the numbers are roughly, I need to go and double check, but it's something like a 95% success rate from a extra point conversion when you're trying to kick it. It's something like a 55% conversion rate from a two-point conversion. So the numbers are plainly there. You've got a 55% chance of getting two points, a 95% chance of getting one point. So across a season, you're going to make and score lots more points if you're going for two points every time. And I would say we've got above average offense. So that's probably actually going to be higher than 55%. And we've probably got a below average kicking game. So it's probably going to be lower than 95%. So the odds are really stacked in our favor. We do need to improve the run game slightly because you're better running from the two-yard line than you are throwing. Um, and it's not to say exclusively every time you would then um, run um, and you would go for the two points because if you're at the end of the game and you need one point to tie it up, you're going to kick it. But we need to look more at how do we get the two points and how do we get more and more points on the board. There was a really interesting article um, on the ringer about analytics in sport this week, which I really recommend. I tweeted it out. Um, and that brought up an interesting point of when they were speaking to teams about things like this. And the feedback from the teams wasn't, well, we accept this is going to get us more points and more wins. But we're afraid of the reaction from fans, from media, from the NFL community for doing things differently. And that's wrong. Who cares about the reaction from the fans and everything like that? Get more wins and the fans will be happy. So I'd call on the team to be more bold, go for it. There's also some really good numbers and evidence on fourth downs. If it's fourth and short, 
you're probably better going for it. There's some incredibly bright people that have done some really good work. So I think we need to be more bold, use analytics and data to our advantage and get more wins. It's all about wins at the end of the day. It's the only currency that I care about in the NFL. But Jack, what do we do about this kicker situation? Are you happy, first of all, going into the season with either of them two kickers? Um, not, not really. But if we bring the amount of kicking we do to the bare minimum, then I can live with it. We need to improve, but at the same time, it's not that important as long as you're not kicking extra points and you're using field goals only when you're sort of not at a four, four and three or anything less. But yeah, last night, Jack, we're in a situation where we can get some good points on the board, especially before half, half time, and we missed the field goal. Mate, you know, like, can we go out and get a free agent, for example? You know, there's two more preseason games left. Kitchens must be like thinking to himself, what the fuck do I do? Yeah, it's, it's a difficult question. Um, there's some free agents out there, but none of them really, really excite me. Um, lots of them have been signed up, sort of some of the bigger names there. But um, I would say you just sort of try work it out which one you're going to go with um, and you hold fast for the time being. Kickers are always up and down. So some of the best kickers last year had absolute mares. And they go in and out of form. So I'd always, as I said last year, keep the guarantees on kickers' contracts low so you can get rid of them. Um, they are all replaceable pieces. Um, so be bold. Um, let's just, just stick for the time being with who's better, but reduce the amount of input the kickers have on a game. You don't need them to be doing a lot of stuff. And I'll, I'll come out with one bold suggestion. Does the Scottish Hammer deserve a go kicking? Does Phil deserve to come out of retirement and just start kicking? That's my suggestion. All right, excellent. Jack, anything else you want to add on to the game? No, I think that's about it. I think we've covered a lot of stuff. I think it's it was a tough game to get your teeth into because even though there's a lot of players out there, it's not the players we really want to see as fans, and I can understand why they weren't playing. But um, I'm just looking forward now to next week. Let's roll it on. Um, let's get out there and let's just cause absolute carnage. Big game against the Bucks on Thursday night. We're going to see a few more of our first round, uh, first round, uh, some of our starters are featuring that game. It's going to be a big game. Jack is on at what, one o'clock over here in the UK? I'm not entirely sure because initially it was flagged as a um, Thursday game, but it's not a Thursday game. Oh, sorry, it's a uh, weekend game, but it's not that anymore. So, I'm just flicking it over now. Preseason week three. It's uh, it's Saturday morning. So it's Friday night, Saturday morning. So it is a weekend game. So uh, that's not too bad. It kicks off at half past midnight. So um, it's one that I could watch. I might watch the first half, go to bed, and then watch the second half in the morning. Just because if our starters are only playing one half, then why should I stay up and watch the second half? Well, I'm actually in Greece this weekend for a wedding. So um, the wedding's on the Saturday, so I'm going to be really tired and grumpy for the wedding. But as long as, I get the, uh, as, long as the game pass works in Greece, uh, I'll be watching the game from a hotel room. I just make sure I've got good Wi-Fi. When they ask, how would you like your room? Just make sure the Wi-Fi is the strongest, please. I don't care about the view, the bath, the bed. I just want a good Wi-Fi. And a big TV. Too. That's a good point, actually. 
All right, Jack, mate, great to get you back on the show. Got loads of good guests coming on this week. Be doing a show a day. Get a pre-show on. There's only one guest we're having on for the pre-show, and that's uh, Adam, our Bucks fan from the UK who's just had a baby. His partner's go go understand she's a mum. Her job's to look after the baby and make sure Adam's on the show with us this week. So uh, that'll be uh, that'll be great. But yeah, guys, thanks for the love, support. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.